1: Episode of Autosave. I'm Camille salazar Hathaway with my co host, Mr. Nick Andrade. On today's episode, we are continuing our dive into Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. And so far, so good?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I was very skeptical of this game to start because, you know, it just felt like it was so close to the movie. But as we play it, I'm starting to realize how different it is and how fun and how fun the characters are. And I'm really liking you What about you. I mean,
1: you know, there's things I like. There's things I question, but we'll get more to that in this episode. Last episode, we were introduced to the crew of the Milano and Peter Quill's awful mullet, although his mom probably has a worse mullet. We somehow created some sort of monster with what looked like the Mind Stone and found a cute purple llama. Plus, we got caught by NovaCore.
0: Uh, please don't be NovaCore, please don't be NovaCore, please don't be NovaCore. It is NovaCore.
1: So the gang's in trouble, and that leads us to Chapter 2, Busted, and Chapter 3, The Cost of Freedom, (laughs) in today's episode. Why do you laugh when I, like...
2: I just laughed at the way you said busted. It was like, busted. You really used all your lips there. Busted.
1: Because, okay, my dream, one of my dreams, I have many dreams, is just to, like, you know, like... The old sitcoms of like the 90s when you were a kid watching. Yeah. And like there's always like that thing like I caught you. I always wanted so busted is like that word. I want to like walk in and be like busted caught you taking a cookie <laughs> from the cookie jar. Dream of mine. So I have practiced how to wow, say that. Wow. That's
2: a dream of yours. Yeah. Really shooting, yeah. shooting high. Really shooting, shooting
1: high. high. <laughs> that's what we do here. All right. Today's theme for this episode is is putting your friends into harm's way. Yeah. Ooh. So question, Nick. Yeah. Would you do it to your friends and loved ones? Would you put them in harm's way?
2: I wanted to explore this again because I think we talked about it in Miles Morales in terms of like having your friends be put into harm's way and what would you do with your friends and all these scenarios. And I feel like there's this whole, like when you're the leader or you're a hero, Or you're like fun, happy Peter Quill, there's times where you would think that you're invincible. Mm -hmm. And because you think you're invincible, you also put your friends in harm's way. Does that make sense?
1: I feel like usually that's the wild card that does that. I, you know, when you look at great superhero well actually Tony Stark does do that as well he puts his friends in harm's way multiple times when he's you know he's trying to do the right thing Cap is more sound I'm trying to think, like to the heroes we know if if they do that, I would think that's more of a wild card thing. You know, the person that's not the obvious hero, yeah. like Peter Quill, may be doing that because they feel like I got a show, that I'm in charge. They're hard to predict, and they're not really thinking clearly. yeah, but I feel like a hero, especially the leader, is looking out for everyone's best interests, usually,
2: but what about like the situation where Warhammer? got paralyzed, right? Mm-hmm. And Tony blamed himself for that and that's why the yeah. Civil War started and he wanted to be you know kind of buy the book more and, and and follow along with the with the government and all that stuff. But at some point he went back to his same old ways in terms of like yes, we all are here under the same pretense but like why do you constantly want to put your friends in harm's way? is my question. And like, I know everyone's there for the same reason, mm-hmm. but why? <laughs> <laughs>
1: why? Well, I don't think you sh- I think it's something that they erratically do because even like your example in civil war, mm-hmm. yeah. it was, they were trying to have the other Avengers kind of like follow along with what everybody's doing. Right. Um, yeah. And Tony pushed it to the limit, right. Pushed it too far. So then that's why that happened, and that lapse of judgment now has a huge impact on the leader. That's why it's like probably not the best idea to put your friends in harm's way, especially if it's not their idea.
2: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Which normally is not the case. It's usually not their idea.
1: Exactly. Well, we'll be talking more about this in the episode, but before we get into some gameplay, of course, we want to mention. People, we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash autosavepod. You could join today. Get on our Discord, listen to our monthly bonus episodes where we talk current gaming news and why we hate video game to movie adaptations. I like how we included this in there because we actually talk about this a lot. And it seems like this topic's not going away because there's just more video game movies coming. Get to listen more to our content over on Patreon. After the break, we see what trouble we get into with NovaCore on autosave. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Peter Jason Quill. Really? My middle name. Hey, Qurell. How you doing? How long's it been? Two, three years? You look good. You been tanning? This is a new low, Peter, even for you. Correll, I swear it's not what it looks like that you're a junker, trespassing in the most restricted area of space? Who consorts with thieves and murderers, apparently. Hey, killing people for money ain't murder-lady. Come on, Corel. You know me, we've been to hell and back. Sure, I've done some shady stuff since the war, like, really shady stuff. But junking? I just caught you pink-handed, leaving the quarantine zone. Technically, yes, but we weren't scavenging. Right. Peter Quill? of planet c53 under galactic law zxb-47 i am putting you and your crew under arrest for actually tre- can i call you back what please tell me that is not a crate of super illegal tech
1: uh, so you know it's not gonna be good when someone says your full name nick what's your full name What's your middle name?
2: Ooh, my, my middle name is my mom's last name. So it's Nicholas Carrero Andrade and also Nicholas, which I don't like. So it's just a whole
1: oh.
2: whole whole thing of like, please don't call me by my full name.
1: Oh, my gosh. What yeah. you? Uh, well, my mom never really calls me by my full name because it's long Camille, Dana, C and Salazar Hadaway. It's like, oh, wow. there must be a lot of anger if she's going to go through all of that. So she's never gotten that far. But my mom's used to calling me Camco, which is where like. You know, my nickname oh, and my she gaming calls you name. That? Yeah, that's something wow. my mom uh, created. She calls oh, me Camco. So when she calls me Camille, I'm like always about to go down. Uh, so obviously, <laughs> from this, Peter gets that vibe already because, you know, you talk to Corral of Novacore, who you seem to have history with at this point, and we're all placed under arrest. So here we have an example of Peter just putting all of his friends into harm's way. (laughs) And the arrest is happening because of trespassing into the quarantine zone. Mm. right, there's a few things to note here, because there's a lot of, like, stuff happening. So, firstly, the background on Novacore and who they are. So, Nova Corps is an intergalactic military police force. You might have seen them from the movies. They first appeared in the comic books in Fantastic Four, number 205. And we find out having a llama apparently is illegal or at least a llama with orange hair and purple fur. Yes. We also find out that Rocket decides to move a bunch of tech while on this video call. With (laughs) Coral. Choose the timing, Rocket. When I saw this, I'm like, wait, what? Rocket, what are you doing?
2: Well, he's like, he's 100% like, oh crap, we're going to get searched. I better hide my illegal tech.
1: So that's why Peter ends the call quickly and he (laughs) asks Rocket, like, what are you doing? Yeah. So this kind of puts the ball into our court. We had the choice to either hide the tech the illegal tech or hide the illegal llama both affect the game later so you've got to choose wisely nick i'm gonna ask you what did you choose the llama or the tech
2: so i put a lot of thought into this
1: really you you don't have much time
2: no i know yeah the counter goes down pretty quickly but like in in i think i might have restarted the mission so that i could answer properly classic I yeah I picked the the tech because I thought maybe we'd be able to use it later on whereas the llama like if we get in trouble with the llama they either take it away or we'll get to keep it and like whatever I'm not really sure but I thought that was the the better way to go uh, because I thought the llama wouldn't be important but I had no idea what about you because I'm hoping throughout this game I'm realizing there's like lots of choices that you can make that also have an effect on how you're playing I'm hoping that we picked different ones along the way, but we'll see. Uh, what did you pick?
1: I could not say no to the llama. I knew it. I knew it.
2: I knew you picked the llama. Rockets like,
1: it. just throw the llama out of the ship. And I'm like, you can't just kill a llama that we, we took. Yeah. To give to Lady Hellbender. So yeah, I chose to hide the llama, and obviously both have an effect on the game, but we don't know exactly how it does until later on. It's gonna be interesting as we go through this game to kind of figure that out, like you mentioned. So we end up being <laughs> going Doctor. kind of being docked by uh, Hala's Hope, which is the Novacore ship where Corell's on. And when we're talking to Novacore, Cool says that they are legally incorporated heroes for hire (laughs) and when you think guardians of the galaxy is is that how you describe them
2: it sounds like a very like democratic way of getting around things (laughs) like yeah we're kind of doing illegal stuff but we are also technically legal incorporated heroes for hire it's like what does that even mean
1: (laughs) Uh, it means that you're trying to get yourself out of a sticky situation, <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly what Peter's trying to do here. And this is kind of where we get a full description of the team as written by Groot and Rocket.
0: Gardeners of the galaxy? What? No. Rocket. So I let Groot fill out the paperwork. I fixed it with an addendum. Not the most well-known heroes you could hire, but definitely in the top five of most awesome names. Contributing members... Groot, a Flora Colossus, last of his kind, fearless in a firefight, an awesome best friend. Rocket, bona fide super genius and a wizard with explosives. Definitely not a raccoon. Gamora, adopted daughter of Thanos, deadliest woman in the galaxy. Need we say more? Drax the Destroyer, convicted serial murderer and galactic war hero? Often grumpy. Last and definitely least, Peter Jason Quill. That's it? That's all you wrote? It was a character limitation. Sorry, excuse me, I just
1: need to... Was a character limitation, character's limitation. That's hilarious because that's my struggle every day on Twitter. (laughs) And I guess out of all of them, yeah, I'd probably just be like, and Peter Quill. Like if you had a character limit. Yeah. And you had to kind of leave a description out for one of the Guardians. It's going to be Peter Quill every time. Sorry, Peter.
2: Yeah, I found it funny, too, that Drax is like, he's a murderer, but also a war hero. (laughs) It's like, oh, uh, okay.
1: (laughs) And, you know, they're going along with some of the same jokes from the movies, which, I'm again, I'm not too sure if they're in the comics since I didn't read any of the comics. But, you know, (laughs) Rocket, definitely not a raccoon. But I mean he's kind of a raccoon. And I think if they're looking for a name change, Gardeners of the Galaxy, I mean I love it. That that's a good one. That I it's think so. good to go. Yeah. We also at this point meet Nikki, uh, who we heard at the end of that clip. And Pretty much she's a Nova Corps trainee that is also Colrel's daughter. Yeah, And she seems like she means business. She's really anxious to be a part of Nova Corps. And I already got this feel at this point that she may not fully be a part of Nova Corps. What do you mean? I feel like she's a part of Nova Corps, but maybe she's not supposed to be acting as though yes, she's authority at Nova yep. Corps. Uh, yep. Just because we have some of the officers questioning, like, what is she doing here? Yeah. And then she's like, I'm here to get them. But who knows? Maybe because of Corel's relationship with Peter or history that may be there. That's why she shows up. And then we also know that Peter Quill, he has rocket boots.
2: He gets in trouble.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then... Nikki also, uh, she's like 11 years old. So she's really young.
2: But she like yells at Quill like, uh, I mean, Carell does too already. So we we clearly know where she gets it from.
1: <laughs> yeah. What I really liked about this part is so you're going on this walk yeah. and then yeah. there was just like an explosion that happens.
2: We got to mention before the explosion, we saw... Uh, someone called the Grand Unifier oh, yes. Raker. Yes. yes,
1: yes, that's right. We, we saw the Grand Unifier Raker. And then Nikki kind of tells us a little bit of information. He's pretty much the leader of the Church of Universal. Uh, something you
2: No, that's what she said the universe <laughs> yeah something. but but it's
1: it, it honestly i wasn't even paying attention as she was talking about this because i was just like okay like can i get out of these cuffs like this is just i was looking for the next thing i didn't really care about this grand unifier okay pretty much he was like kind of floating dead in the quarantine zone as well uh looking for god but he doesn't seem like you know he's trouble
2: at all why didn't he get arrested for floating in space also if you're floating in space don't you die instantly Well,
1: I guess it depends on your species. I don't know. That's
2: true. Yeah,
1: I am not an expert on space. Gosh.
2: You haven't been to space? Wow. No, not yet. I thought you would have done some research before we this game that you know maybe maybe go on a trip with elon musk or or jeff bezos
1: i'm about a million dollars short on the ticket um so (laughs) maybe next time as you're walking um with nikki and she's kind of giving you the whole lowdown of your charges and who she is um you hear an explosion nikki kind of goes flying off the (laughs) hangar. which honestly why did they not put proper railings at these places Right? It's safety features. It's, it's not it's up to like, code.
2: What the hell? It's
1: not up to code Novacore. if you really <laughs> want to nitpick. And then Nikki goes flying off and she's alive, but she's kind of hanging for dear life. And you have these quick action sequences.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I died like a bunch you of died? times. Really? Yeah, because I wasn't expecting like the quick action sequences here at this point.
2: Yeah, I died the first time too, because you have to trigger, I think, Triangle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, as you're falling and I wasn't prepared because it happened so fast and I just fell to my death.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, poor Peter. I think Peter died at least five times in my game. So as Nikki falls, Peter tries to catch her while also in cuffs because he's arrested and Like Nick mentioned, you have to press triangle to hold on Mm -hmm. to Nikki. But then there's another quick time event because, you know, obviously if she falls, then that little the handle she's holding on to starts to fall. So there's a little sequence there. This is where, you know, budding friendships begins as Nikki and Peter kind of walk around safely um, from danger because what happens is they actually do fall. Yep. They do fall, right? I didn't miss my quick time event because I thought I did and I was like, oh, th- well, I screwed this up. And they land safely, but they kind of have to find their way back up to everybody while things are on fire. <laughs>
2: yeah, everything everything exploded. They got to get to get safety, right? Yeah. yeah. And
1: Quill has a chance to kind of get to know Nikki at this point. And mm. for me, I think this part of the chapter was my favorite, like their dialogue back and forth.
2: I just know like, We were given choices too, right? So in terms of like talking to her, I don't know which one Mm -hmm. you chose. Again, like I'm thinking over my choices. For me, it's like I'm with one person. I let me get to know her. So I'm going to empathize with her and any complaint she has with her mom or whatever. Not because I'm trying to get my way, but hopefully like it creates some sort of trust between Mm -hmm. Nikki and I, because she was already, you know, mean to me at the start of the mission. So I thought... Maybe I'll be nice to her and she'll be able to have a change of heart. What did did you do?
1: Yeah, I was pretty nice to her throughout um, walking around with her because she's pretty much talking about the fact that her mom's really hard on her. She doesn't have a lot of friends um, because there's no kids on Hala's Hope, as well as, you know, she's trying to she has like these talents, but she doesn't really show because she's trying to like kind of show that she could be Novacore and be serious and be a grown-up in some sense. So I really empathize with her. And, you know, I think we could all relate to what Nikki's going through. There's always a point in your childhood where you want to show your parents you're able to take on more responsibility. So I think it was really easy for a lot of people to choose her. Although I'm curious, like, what her responses would be if you were just a jerk.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, So maybe
1: I got to play that again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because there was a a few where, like, you could back up Corel, You could kind of scold her. And I thought to myself, like, that shouldn't do much. But, I mean... Maybe the whole mission changes drastically because of those choices, as we'll see.
1: So Quill mentions that he was on a Shatari prison as a kid yep. and his mom died and he never really knew his dad. So this is him kind of relating to Nikki's situation. He also mentions that he knows Corel during the war and they actually fought together and at this point, Nikki kind of shows Quill a secret hideout, which is just beautiful because you have all of her artwork. She kind of paints on the floor, like these scenes from The war yeah. of, of these stories of her mom. There's even a joke in there where Peter's just like, you should probably update it and add Peter in because yeah. Peter was there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's got a big head, this guy. His backstory, it's kind of similar to... The movies, and I'm guessing the comics as well, uh, they're staying true to that, right? Like his mom Mm -hmm. has died. uh, He never knew his dad. We're still under the assumption we don't know who his dad is. I haven't finished the game yet, so I don't know if if we do find that out. Uh, But so far, uh, he doesn't know who his dad is. And I like having that kind of still similar story to Peter Quill because we can all kind of understand it more because we know a little bit about it and a little bit of his backstory.
1: There's also a little bit of mystery with Nikki because everyone's blue, and that means they're Cree, right? Like, I don't know. I think so.
2: Uh, yeah, I, blue people are Cree, right? I think.
1: <laughs> I feel like we're putting blue people in a box right now. Blue <laughs> yeah. people could be more than Cree. Nikki accidentally leads Peter and herself right into Corel and an army of Novacore. Um, And Corel kind of thinks that Nikki has been bypassing security because she has a card and starts to grill Nikki to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So you have options through this exchange to kind of ignore what's going on. Back Nikki up or back Corral up. You said that you backed Nikki up this whole time.
2: I continued to uh, back up Nikki. And I just kept, uh, you know, picking whatever option was the best in terms of Nikki's best fate uh, to see where that would lead me. Uh, I'm I'm guessing you did the same.
1: At first, I didn't because I was like, I'm going to play this like Peter. Okay, I'm going to be a jerk. So (laughs) I think the first exchange was. Nikki was just kind of like, oh, and Peter even said that like you were like this, or like, you know, you could be a little bit hard, or something like to that extent. I chose, whoa, I didn't exactly say that. And then Nikki got mad and was like, You're but that's not what you said. And I was like, Okay, I can't lie to those eyes. Such (laughs) a cute kid. So then I started telling, you know, backing her up and trying to have her lie to her mom.
2: Did you still get the pass key?
1: Yes, I did.
2: Okay. So even though you didn't fully support her, you still got the pass key. That's good to know then in terms of your decision making, you can still kind of like slide your way over to the other decision if you want to.
1: I don't know how far you could go because like I said, I only chose not to support her on the first question and then I caved. Right. So this pretty much tells me that my kids will be able to like twist my arm all the time whenever I have. Them. Oh, so for sure. That's great. Uh,
2: yeah yeah i probably <laughs> that's like great that too
1: but uh you thought quill was a l- really funny here at this point right
2: i'm starting to see more and more personality slash these really are the Guardians of the galaxy like especially him trying to like stall so that you know nikki could either you know get the right answer or give him the passcord or whatever and he just he keeps coming up with like hilarious uh Anecdotes to try to stall things, and I I just really like that part of it. Uh, but Corral also seems like a s- super strict parent. Very strict. And it, it's it's funny to see that Nikki still has like a pretty like chill personality, personality and chill, despite his, her mom being like a complete hard ass.
1: So at this point, Nikki, even though we backed her with all of our efforts, she still gets grounded by Corral.
2: So rough day,
0: huh? Shuttles, quarantine zone trespassers, missing kid. I have no idea. Julie. I can't believe you still have him. Can't believe you survived. Mercury's what, like a thousand degrees? More like a thousand cycles ago. You can keep him if you want. He is yours. Hey, I ordered him to look out for you. Expect him to keep doing his job. Especially, you now have a daughter, apparently.
1: Incoming awkward conversation. Um, <laughs> so, yes, Peter points out that, Corral what's going on? You have this daughter, apparently, that why didn't know of, who is 12 years old, and we met 12 years ago and obviously it seems like they were it's implying that they were intimate that they had some sort of you know relationship there whatever that was so you have a choice do you do the math or ignore the math Nick I'm gonna go to you as the man would you do the math or ignore the math
2: well you I ignore the math
0: (laughs) I
2: did, did not actually- want. I did because I did not want to point out that I had. Ch- I might have had a child, so maybe is that the man choice? Is that like, am I feeding into that stereotype?
1: I think so. I think you are a little bit feeding into the stereotype. Oh, I love that. I did the math.
2: Oh, I actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I
1: love that you did it. That's hilarious. Yeah, I did the math, and pretty much the conversation is you know we met 12 years ago what's going on like I'm doing the math here and Carell just kind of doesn't answer (laughs) it's such a weird uh response she just goes along to talk about Nikki Moore, but I thought it was implying that yes Peter is the father we need Maury here
2: really because I thought I thought she if you're (laughs) telling me this I feel like she was like well, I don't want to tell him that he's the father because I hate him, because he's not responsible, Mm. so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, But she does mention, like, in my side of the story, I'm not sure if you had the same, but, like, she mentions she was excited to see Quill, those kind of feelings propped up again, but then she realized that Quill hasn't changed at all. Yeah. And he's saying that he did change, and that he is a nicer person, which I kind of see. We, again, we don't know his, like, backstory in this game universe, but... At least for my choices and the Nicholas choices, I always try to make him be the nice guy. So I do see him he has changed. in terms of like even wanting to not f- completely lie to Corel,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you can see that he's not trying to weasel his way out of everything. Yeah. so regardless of my choices, it does seem like he is he has changed.
1: Corel does mention <laughs> that you know in my cho- option when you choose like do the math, She ignores do the math question and then just goes into, yeah, she's excited to see Peter, um, but then realizing he hasn't changed at all. So I think this is one of those decisions where it doesn't really have an effect whether you do the math or not. Um, It's still going to be the same dialogue. But Quill may still have a thing for Corell because he is saying that he has changed. So I want to know more about them and what happened in the war between them because it seems like it was a deep relationship for for peter
2: i mean he gave her chewy i mean that is you know from earth when he was 13 one of his toys that's something real special so you know maybe he's got a soft heart a little bit
1: yeah yeah definitely you don't give away chewy for anyone so at this point uh corell kind of gets a little bit frustrated with peter and mentions that peter's gonna have to pay a fine now Based on your decision to hide the illegal tech from earlier or the illegal llama, your fine's going to be a little bit different. So Nick, how much did you pay for your fine?
2: So for the llama, it was 8,000 units.
1: And then for myself, I hid the llama because I want to keep the llama. It is 7,000 units. Um, So it's a little bit cheaper for being a good person and not wanting to throw a llama into space.
2: Listen, I thought the llama would be okay at this point, but I'm also happy because both choices were kind of similar. I'll pay the extra thousand for that situation. I thought it was going to be way less. So I'm happy about that.
1: All right, fair. Um, So at the end of this chapter, you have to kind of question... Has Mm -hmm. Quill actually changed based on the dialogue that we've seen the options. Do you think Peter's change?
2: I do because that's Camille, you know me like that's, where I'm going to head with Quill. Whenever there's a decision to make where we have to unify the team, I'm going to unify them. Wherever there's a situation where we're going to have to bring people together, I'm going to bring people together. This is my Peter Quill. He's nice guy, Peter Quill. And that is how this game's going to go with me. So of course he's changed. And of course he's going to change because with me, you never are astrayed from being the good guy.
1: All right, let's go. That was an awesome huddle uh, there. You would be a good uh, huddler. Thank you. Giving those speeches in the huddle. (laughs) But from there, we move in to Chapter 3, The Cost of Freedom. Now, once you get back to the ship, you kind of have to talk to everybody and let them know that you have a huge fine over your heads. And not Mm -hmm. just yours, their heads, because it's the gardeners of the galaxy And also, you have a chance to kind of get to know them more and hear their stories. At this point, Drax discusses killing Thanos. So again, in this universe, that's what happens. Thanos is dead. We're not going to see him. There's not going to be a Thanos snap. So get it out of your head if that's what you're hoping for. It's not going to happen. And Yondu is mentioned to be alive. Um, This is interesting Because in the movies, you know, they have a really close relationship and they're kind of seemed as being inseparable, even though sometimes they get under each other's skin. So it's interesting that we know Yondu's alive but he's not with Peter. I feel like there would have to be a lot if they're going with that same storyline that would take Yondu away from Peter. Um, so it'll be interesting if we see him later on in the game. Yeah. And Quill has the same kind of backstory um, with Yondu and the Ravagers as the movies. So he was kind of picked up by them and he it was a love-hate relationship. But the only twist is it's it's still unclear if Peter developed that loving relationship with them. It seems like he enjoys some things about the Ravagers, but then there's other things that he didn't enjoy. So we're getting a glimpse into that. And then everyone um, in the Guardians decide how to pay the 8,000 or 7,000, you know, fine.
0: 37 units? We appear to be 7,963 units short. We intend to keep our ship, Peter Quill. I know, I know. We clearly... Need a plan. And reconsider my initial proposal. Oh, no, not Fin Fang Foom again. Yes, we should go after Fin Fang Foom. Drax, there are easier ways to get paid. Like what about selling Gamora's crap? What? Oh come on! You've been hoarding them stupid knickknacks ever since you first joined us. I mean, don't tell me they ain't worth nothing. The quarantine zone was always He's holding out My on My figurines are not knickknacks. Ah, team's in trouble, Then you can't Aye. be bothered to make no What's sacrifice. Of I will sacrifice your head and take the guys. I think we should. hear out group for once. I am. Oh. He says we should combine both ideas. Sell Gamora's trinkets to Fin Fang Foom. That is brilliant. Yeah, you know, the only problem with your plan is that Lady Hellbender only buys monsters, and you are not a monster. He's not, he's the sweetest, most- I am good. No you don't, this ain't something you can pretend. I am Ooh. Oh yeah? You want monster? I'll
1: show you monster. Whoa, guys. Um, okay. So they did nail Drax. I love Drax and all of his dialogue throughout this. Um, So at this point, you have an option. You kind of heard the option if you choose to hear Groot out. I don't know if you chose the other option. Because, like, you have three. I think it's to hear Groot out while they're arguing to try to settle them all down or to side with Gamora or side with uh, Groot, I chose to hear Groot out as well, which is what we heard.
2: I thought, again, to ease the tension, let's listen to Groot, even though I knew that Groot wasn't going to say anything that I would understand because he'll just say, I am Groot.
1: Um, But I think in this situation, this option doesn't really have a huge impact because you're still going to have two options in the end, Mm -hmm. whether to sell Groot or to sell Rocket to Lady Hellbender for a fee to pay off your debts. Now, a little bit of background, Lady Hellbender, she's kind of like the collector, but in Lady Hellbender, she's like this warrior, but she's also a monster collector. So she's more looking at, instead of just random things that are living, like monsters. And basically your team decides to, A, sell Groot, sell Rocket. Nick, I want to know which one did you choose? I feel like we should have just chose to potentially sell Drax. I'm just saying.
2: Well, I mean, his comedic effect, like you need to have him on the team. I mean, yeah. he's been great so That's far. True. But That's true.
1: That's true. That's <laughs> true.
2: I chose Groot because just in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't to like, you know, do something good or what I thought was the best or whatever. It's just like, who would I rather want to buy this giant tree who is the last of his kind or a little tiny raccoon? And I thought, like, well, obviously, if, if, you know, Lady Hellbender is a monster collector and collects, you know, these rare monsters, Groot seems like the obvious choice. So I chose Groot. Who did you choose?
1: I I chose Groot as well. I think Groot. Okay. Firstly, when you're getting to know everyone um, on the ship right before this chapter begins, you hear the story of Rocket and you hear how he was experimented on, his like the spinal mechanism yes. that they used to make sure to control his every movement. So he had to do things that he was fully aware that he didn't want to do, but through the pain, like he was pretty much tortured into it. You also hear about how he tried to escape with, I'm guessing, his loved one um, is who yeah. he mentions. I just felt so bad. How can then you send someone who's been through all of that into being captured, even if it's pretend to the monster collector. And because Groot actually volunteered himself. Right. So I feel like it just was the more sound decision to do. And it's not necessarily like you're throwing your team into danger. They're volunteering for danger.
2: I feel like Rocket is really annoying in terms of he always wants to do things that suit him or that you know benefit him or uh you know he, he's never really one to do the right thing he just wants to do what he thinks is the best for him or what he thinks is the best for his team i kind of understand that only because when we hear this backstory of him it's like well he's actually been through a lot he's suffered a lot he seems always really down when he talks about this stuff so that's why he's so hard around the edges because he's been through actually so much and so much torture and pain and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I kind of feel for him, but sometimes he really gets annoying with always trying to be like the devil's advocate. He's literally just a living Twitter is what he is.
1: <laughs> Rocket, the living Twitter, not Raccoon. <laughs> um, so they fly to Lady Hellbender's planet and reach her fortress, but we have to find a crate to put Groot in. And in this little playthrough, it's like a... I love the colors because it's like this mustardy yellow color for like all Ugh, of the level. It's, it's so, gross. it's very in fashion right now. And there's lightning everywhere, heavy winds. You call these platforms, these yellow platforms I'm talking about, brain looking platforms? What?
2: Yeah, they look like they're brains, don't they? The patterns of it.
1: Sure. Okay.
2: All right. Well, yeah, what would you call them then, Cam?
1: Now I can't get the brain thing out of my head so I'm going to call right. them of brain platforms. <laughs> How did you find this area? Because it was mostly exploratory but then you had moments where like these cube like creatures came out. Um there was also this like I don't know like a face thing like this dog with like his face opening up and a tail.
2: I explained it as uh he, he's like a stranger things monster and ah, his yes. like mouth is like f- is like petals and like a flower and kind of peels up. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it.
1: I, I would really like everyone listening to rate our descriptions on these characters. Uh, Listen, these it's hard sometimes. It it's is hard, hard
2: sometimes. We don't know like what these things are or how to explain them. Uh, but the cube is super annoying. The wind sometimes, you know, made me fall numerous times. But it's all pretty straightforward. Nothing really too difficult uh, as, we, as we try to get through to Lady Hellbender.
1: I did get struck by lightning once or twice and I died. I don't know what it is about these platforms, but I wanted to just jump right through them. Uh so you have to kind of wait. There's like a flash of light and you, you know the lightning's going to hit that platform, so you kind of have to not jump on it or wait. I was not for the waiting because you just see like a huge like land of them it just seemed like forever to cross and I was not having it I was like let's just get this going but the heavy wind thing uh, was interesting because you see all the other characters react to it you see Gamora and Drax thrust their sword into the platforms and they kind of hold themselves I thought that was cool Uh, how about the monsters though so the giant cube monsters are like these pink jellos yeah. With little candies inside that are spiky. Were they annoying?
2: <laughs> That's a good description. I, I really like that one. But yeah, because that jelly part of it, you have to knock out in order to get it to its sweet exterior in order yeah. to kill it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty straightforward, but they do do some damage because they thrust themselves towards you sometimes. Yeah. So it, it can get a little bit of hectic when you have a bunch of them in one spot. The, the the flappy mouth looking uh, flower monster. Did you find that difficult? You have to cut off that guy's tail. So you beat him down and then you have the, so I'm playing on Xbox. You have Y that you press um, to do the quick action. And that's where Gamora kind of cuts his tail. And then Rocket calls him stubby <laughs> from then on. Of
2: course he is. No, but it was, there's no like real boss fight right now. Um, Everything feels like basic enemies, so I never really had too much difficulty. I don't think I've even died through this gameplay yet apart from missing the jump in chapter two when I'm trying to save Nikki
1: well show off whatever Nick all right no trust (laughs) me I'm not
2: there's gonna be times actually coming up right now where I might die quite a bit
1: all right well if you go through these little battles just use your team's abilities to kind of find your way through the battles but also the level more climbs Drax carries heavy items Groot makes bridges and Rocket gets into small spaces. So if you keep that in mind, you're going to find the openings throughout uh, the level. As we get closer to Lady Hellbender's Fortress, oh, we hit park, a bit so of deep. a problem. You
0: in a jam, boys? <clears throat> you think? Some smack, reach. The sword will not work, woman. Find us a rope. Yeah, get fast. Where am I supposed to find a rope? I don't know, I'm sinking in jelly here. Quill, do something. Like what? what? Quill. 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 <laughs> you just do sorcery so cool. it! somebody get him out of there
1: all right so at this point we see the guardians as they're traversing through this level quill slides down and hits like this jello pit that starts to it's kind. It acts as quicksand. So he starts to slowly fall deeper into this jello pit. And the best part is the humor here. Because he calls up to the team who has not slid down yet. And he's like, oh, guys, don't slide down. And as he's saying that, they all drop into this pool. And they're all in danger. So you heard that moment where, obviously, because Rocket's the shortest He is close to drowning. There's a lot of pressure on the leader of the Gardeners of the Galaxy to do something. (laughs) And we're surprised because Star-Lord actually does do something with special powers. There's like an element that's kind of activated here through his guns. And it creates ice and it freezes the jelly pit quicksand thing and that gives them or gives Groot a chance to kind of break through it so they could escape. What did you think of this? Because this was something completely out of left field. I wasn't expecting it.
2: Yeah. I I wasn't really sure what powers Quill had because I was kind of a little underwhelmed with his guns at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I'm just like, is this all the power I have? So then when I got the ice ability, I was like, you know, heck yeah. At the same time, This is where I had to restart this part three times because I didn't realize (laughs) when you put your your left and right arrows, you have to put it all the way to the center, but I had no idea to do that. I just didn't know what to do the third time I finally figure it out. But I was like, what am I? Like, I'm so stupid that I couldn't figure that out. But I thought the power was super cool. And it adds another element to uh, Quill's arsenal, which I think, again, he was lacking. And I felt like I was relying more on the other three. So I really like this power. And again, it looks like it. It comes out in a dire situation.
1: Just side note, don't rely on Nick to get you out of Jell-O quicksand. It's it's not going to work. Don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) yes, this is actually a power that we don't see in the movies, but is explored in the comic books. Because I remember when Guardians came out, I did read a little bit about each of the characters from the comic books. And this Mm. is something that his guns do. They kind of shift or morph into an elemental power. But I don't know why. I have no idea why, but it opens up a world of possibilities in the game because it allows you to not only freeze your enemies and then be able to hit them. So like now mm-hmm. when you encountered cube jellos, you can actually freeze them and hit them and they'll break after you freeze them so you don't have to give them too much attention. Yeah. But then it also freezes mist and steam, so they create these like ice yeah. blocks. Uh, so really cool things here.
2: I also know that there's four panels on the element bar. So I know that there's going to be three more elements at least that we get to see, Mm -hmm. which I'm really excited for. But I just I love the way they do this, whether it's you fight enemies and it becomes easier because now you have ice in order to freeze them. Or again, like with steam or mist or whatever in these caves that you can kind of freeze uh, and, and climb these blocks like this element has not only capabilities when you're fighting but also while you're exploring which I think is really cool
1: and the team does do a lot of fighting especially Drax and Rocket they um, help us in fighting the flower mouth monster again but this time there's two of them and because it's an ice enemy it's like you're meeting the power level of that enemy with your new elemental powers so that was pretty cool and when you beat the enemy down even more Drax throws the flower mouth monster onto his back and you could really attack the belly that is going to be key. Um, one fighting these yeah fighting these guys and now you get the ability because when you encounter these monsters you accidentally let them out of a cage and when you beat them now you can use that cage to hold Groot in it and make him look more ferocious as a monster to fool lady hellbender Now, as your way on to Lady Hellbender, you realize that it's actually not an easy walk because it is a really long bridge, again, with no railings, no, no railings. And there's also like motorbikes that are crossing this thing and other monsters. So it's like, why are there no railings? Like, this is not safe.
2: They also they let. Uh, quill lift the compartment holding Groot by himself because everyone's mad at him because drax yes wanted them to use rocket gamora is like i don't care about this rockets like i don't give a shit like it was just funny <laughs> it's funny to see and he's like almost pondering his life as he's carrying this thing
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then also i forgot to mention you do have the option here to change if you want to sell Groot or if you want to sell Rocky. Yeah, I stuck with my guns and I decided to force Groot into this little cage where he, he was kind of taking on the monster persona. He tried to growl like a monster. It was cute.
2: <laughs>
1: but also while you're walking on this very dangerous bridge, guess what? Mullet Quill is back with another flashback.
2: Why would I wish for anything? I've got everything I want. <laughs>
1: Oh, what huge favor are you
0: about to ask me?
2: Just ten bucks. Dan, Andy and I want to go see Night of the Cosmos at the Rio tonight. A movie. Tonight. Come on, it's gonna be sick. It's about these zombies that invade Earth, and then it's up to these kids that have to blow them away.
0: I don't think I want you to see that, Peter. I
1: let you watch the hockey mask one and you were sleeping in my bed the next three nights.
2: That was ages ago. And this one isn't even that bad. It's PG-13. And I'm 13.
1: Exactly. PG-13 may contain violence and nudity.
2: Mild nudity. Like
0: butts and stuff. You're not helping your case. No, I just... I, I wanted us to have some us time tonight, you know? Maybe finish our game. You can't duck out right when I'm about to win
1: butts and stuff
2: <laughs> PG-13 mild nudity
1: we should have a rating on this uh but there's no butts and stuff sorry guys no there's not <laughs> it's yeah sorry we keep it clean we keep it clean um but <laughs> this is an interesting flashback because you find out yes it's Peter Quill's birthday usually at a birthday you would expect some friends there there are no friends here for this elaborate Pac-Man birthday cake that I kind of want for my birthday. I'm going to put in a word with my family, see if I can make it happen.
2: You had like an amazing cake once, I remember you told me. Oh,
1: The Legend of Zelda. It was the Julian Shield. Yes. Uh, Ah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, it was so good. But yeah, so it's weird. So you already get more of a sense of the type of kid or – how socially Peter was at this point. He may have like mm-hmm. one or two friends that he's really close with or that he sometimes hangs out with, but they're not really close enough to come to his house for his birthday. I found that interesting. It also seemed like his mom was deflecting throughout this whole yeah, scene. she
2: she was like shifty. And like looking out the window and was hesitant for him to want to go to the movies on his birthday. How as a mom do you think that's like, why are you controlling him? Not like it just seemed like something's going on here.
1: She didn't seem like she had a real reason. It seemed like she was always changing her reason for not wanting him to go based on his responses, which you do have an input on how you could respond to Peter's mom deflecting. So how was your responses throughout this?
2: Well, I just tried to convince her to go to the movies because I'm just like.
1: Were you mean at all? Were you bratty? Because some of the responses were bratty.
2: I might have made a bratty uh, response here and there. But I think as a 13-year-old, I want to go to the movies for my birthday and see my friends or whatever it is. And these movies probably, although I did when I was in grade 8, I remember I went to go see Jeepers Creepers. Oh my God, and, I would never. Because all my friends were going. like I, I, don't, I don't particularly like scary movies. But I went with my friends. I remember I got ID'd at the movie Even though I was age, I was of age to see it. Yeah, but when I was fourteen, I looked like I was eight, so Mm. they thought I was a little boy. Uh, I showed her the ID. The lady thought that I had a fake ID, and I'm just like, no, like this is this is my actual like birthday, and uh, got to see Jeepers Creepers. And then I was a little scared actually about Jeepers Creepers because you know. He kills a bunch of people. So I kind of understand Peter Quill's mom. But at the same time, just let your kid go to the damn movies on his birthday.
1: Lesson learned for all the parents. Just let your kid go to the movies for their birthday. But back to the game. Peter's mom keeps deflecting. And you don't really know why. Um, She also keeps looking out of the window. Cause she says so she says a bunch of things. She says she doesn't want him to go to see the movie because he'll get scared. You get the option to say, Well, I'll I won't this time. It's a little different. Then she says, Oh, well, I wanted to finish this game we were playing. And he's like, Yeah, we could. I picked you could do all of that stuff too tomorrow. You know, I was trying to be nice. Um, so those were more my options, but she does keep looking out the window. So I'm thinking she knows something, she's scared because of. What I know from Guardians, I'm thinking maybe is this a case of like when you turn a certain age, your dad is coming back for you? Like, I don't I don't know if this is going to follow that. I don't know. There's a few other things to mention that, you know, we want to point out. So uh, the house that they live in, I think it's their grandparents house or their grandparents lived in that house. Peter Mm -hmm. has a dog that is waiting at the door. And if you go pet the dog. He says, like, Kubrick, they're not coming back no matter how long you wait, which oh, I, I yeah, like that was a very sweet, um, wholesome moment. There's moments where Peter, you could go into his grandparents' room and he's just like, yeah, you know, they would let him sleep in their bed if he was too scared. Uh, that was really cute. Anything else you noticed that you liked?
2: Well, I just liked that the dog's name is Kubrick. Again, there's like little nods here. Like we know, like he went to go see a Jason movie. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, his dog is named Kubrick after the director. I, just little nods to all these 80s things or, you know, people of that time. I, I love.
1: We also actually, I don't know if you picked this up. When you go into the other room where the telescope is, there's like mm-hmm. a book on space. And if you pick it up, Peter says, you know, my mom actually thinks like my dad is from space. Ah, uh,
2: yeah. So
1: he actually says that, which I think kind of aligns with maybe something's a coming of age thing is supposed to happen on his thirteenth mm-hmm. birthday, and that's why his mom seems a little anxious. But when you finally make it to um, his mom's room, you do see a present on the bed that's apparently from his dad. Yeah, and you go in to open it, but that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. what they do. Uh, they they leave us in suspense and after the break we won't leave you in suspense cuz we're going to be back breaking it all down on autosave
0: Group, you ready to squeeze in? I am. Peter Quill there's still time to reconsider. The tree creature is not very monstrous. Drax, we're doing this just like we planned on the Milano. You're being stubborn. Clearly, the rodent is I the one that. I am not being stubborn. I just refuse to change my mind because it's the right decision. Hey, lovebirds, let's go. Bridge ain't gonna cross itself. I hope Lady Hellbender is as gullible as you expect she is. You hang tight there, bud. When the time comes, I'll get you out of there. Rocket
1: style, if I got it. So we both know we agree with the plan to sell Groot because that's what we both chose. But do you think Lady Hellbender will actually fall for this? Because Drax keeps talking her up throughout these two chapters about how she's just so glorious. What a warrior. She can't be fooled and it kind of is putting pressure on
2: i love though how quill is just like i'm not being stubborn this is just like my cho-. like it literally is yes you are being stubborn in terms of stubborn, your answer because but,
1: it's your choice yeah
2: yeah i i think he's making the right choice but it is like just to hear you know drax saying all these things my my bigger question here is this plan just seems so faulty <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't know if, if Lady Hellbender will actually fall for this. It seems like nothing might not work out in terms of this plan. And I'm, I'm already prepared for all hell to break loose.
1: Well, that's usually how it goes for the Guardians. Now, we get that glimpse of Quill's past. How do you feel about like how the game is actually allowing us to see these sneak peeks of what's happening to Quill or what happened to Quill rather than have it at the beginning of the game? As like this huge scene.
2: I love suspense and I love mystery and I feel like they're adding like we don't really know the main story in terms of like we I feel like we're just doing a bunch of odd jobs like we're paying off a debt like that doesn't seem like we know really much of what's happening in the main story. But there's these little sneak peeks of of Quill's past and this one specifically with his mom being so shifty eyed and and it seems like, you know, something's going on. Like there's a bit of mystery here. And even grabbing that present at the end, I felt like something bad was going to happen. So I do like that there's a sense of uh, I don't know what's going on. There's some sort of suspense happening here, but we're also still having fun. Yeah. And I think that's the past adds so much more layers to everything.
1: Yeah, it, it does add that suspense. It keeps you on your toes. And I had the same feeling when I thought when we went up to get the present. I Okay, this is going to no, sound no so way. bad, but I thought his mom was going to die on his birthday. Yeah. um, Just because uh, he mentioned to Nikki that his mother died. I think she had cancer, he said. So I just thought like he's going to get the present, come down because he's supposed to open it with his mom and then he's going to find yeah. his mom dead. And it's like just like the most tragic thing. So I'm liking although that this game has really hilarious moments in its dialogue, it's still making you just emotionally connected to these characters in a way that it doesn't feel overly sappy. Um, they're just giving you like yeah. these small peaks of like emotion here and there. Now, the ice mechanic is another mm. new thing that we saw in this chapter. How do you feel about this? You mentioned that you're just liking the versatility of having another use of his guns.
2: I feel like the battle system's a little clunky. Um, again, like shooting-wise, Quill doesn't seem that powerful, uh, regardless if you kind of you know upgrade your weapons that much. It still seems like he doesn't do as much damage as his teammates, unless he's using a superpower. But this adds just a whole another element it's i like that it's not a weapon charge i like that it's like a status effect so his ice shots don't really do anything in terms of damage but they cause havoc or make guys freeze or stop something i like that aspect of it um but like you said like I, i said before versatility it adds a little element that i think was already lacking so clearly they had an idea of what to use here and and i think they hit it out of the park
1: Yeah, I think also it just makes you curious for what you will see next with the gun because this is an elemental. You could guess that we're going to see a fire, you know, maybe a lightning, maybe a water. I think that'd be really cool. I'm trying to
2: think of all the Naruto elements here. What do we got?
1: (laughs) All the different villages. Yeah. Sand. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it'll it'll be really cool. Uh, Now, back to the theme, okay, Yeah, uh, that we spoke about at the beginning of this episode. Do we feel Quill mm-hmm. put everyone in danger? And does this decision make sense sometimes? Because usually we want to see the hero standing up for everyone, even those on their team.
2: I mean, this plan feels like it's going to go wrong in terms of like, you're. I feel like you're leading your friends in danger. So is that really the right thing to do? Like you're literally bringing one of your friends to get sold to this person for money, and then you'll help let them escape later. Like, that just seems like such a bad idea. And I know none of them really had a huge good plan to begin with, other than Drax Cop keep talking about Finn Fanfoon. But, like, uh, I don't know if this is the right thing. And Again, maybe this is Quill's cockiness, thinking that this is going to go okay, but I just I see red flags all over it, and I don't think he's fully thinking of his decision and how it's impacting everyone else, especially when you see how frustrated Rocket is, how frustrated Drax is by everything. And I know no one's going to agree on everything. I know Drax wanted Rocket in this situation, but it's like, I don't know, Quill. I feel like this is going to put you into some trouble.
1: Firstly, Fig Fang Foom, uh, for those that don't know, is from Shang-Chi. So um, that we get that little cameo there. I don't think the Guardians would have been able to take him down. But now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like ego is sometimes a huge downfall of heroes. And we're seeing that with Peter and how nonchalant he is um, with putting his friends in harm's way until something actually goes bad. And we're probably going to see... His bad choices catch up with him pretty soon. But that's it here for autosave. Uh, let us know what you think on our social handles. This is Camco, Nick Andrade89, as well as. Join the Patreon if you want to support the podcast, patreon.com slash autosavepod. Big shout out to David Hussey, one of our Patreon peeps. Uh, Thank you for supporting the show. Again, let us know what you think. And next time we pay a visit to Lady Hellbender on Autosave.